This is Richard Cloutier Reports on 680 CJOB. This is one of those stories where your heart just drops into your stomach because part of you really believes that the children are fine, that they're with their mother and they're fine. But then there's that little voice that goes, we haven't heard from them as of yet. And the police are hoping that they are in Manitoba, but they may be outside the province. We are talking about 11-year-old Montana, 9-year-old Josh, the Giesbrooks. They were last seen Monday evening in St. James. We know through court document searches that there is a battle going on between the parents for child custody. And in that, children can get caught in between. And for most of us, we look at these types of situations and say, how could you do that to children? But when you are embroiled in a dispute and you sincerely believe that it's the welfare of your kids at stake, you will do anything and everything. And in this case, the police just want to know that the children are okay and settle this once and for all. They can't get into a lot of the details because of privacy legislation. But again, the court documents paint that picture. And for anyone who has been through or going through a child custody battle, you hope that uh, maturity prevails and that children are not used as pawns or as weapons. But when we're talking about a situation where you feel that you are right and that other person is wrong, that's when you bring in lawyers. That's when you bring in the court system. And at times it can provide relief and at other times it can just extend and extend the suffering for all parties around. Let's begin with child and family law expert, John Schulman. John, thank you so very much for joining us today. This is one of those cases that unfortunately we've seen before where children are missing, presumed to be with their mother. We don't know that for sure, but that's the, that's the information that police are working on. Um, A child custody situation that is still before the courts you know, it's something that, you know, we've both seen uh, way too many times, isn't it? Yeah, this, thanks for having me on. And it is a common situation. I've I've seen this before. I think most people who practice in the area of family law have seen this sort of situation before. It's unfortunately not uncommon for parents to, you know, at some point, well, I guess it's not common, but it's not uncommon for parents at some point to try to sort of take the law into their own hands when they think that things are going badly for them. But it's always the wrong thing to do in terms of accomplishing their objectives in in court or in their divorce. As an officer of the court, what are you required to do as a as a lawyer in a case like that when something like this happens when um you know a client either that you're working for or the other party what happens you you basically have to provide that information as to where the children are, do you not? Yes, you can't have you well as a lawyer you can't advise your client to do this sort of thing and you you can't do anything to assist your client with breaching a court order. So you, as well, I suspect that the lawyer, if, if she was, or he was, who was representing the mother was sort of hoodwinked or caught off guard by this, they may not be able to represent this person much longer. Um, but, and especially if there's a consider, uh, any concern that the children are in uh, danger, then the lawyer has an absolute obligation to, you know, help the police in locating 
the uh, the children, making sure they're safe. And you hope that it doesn't get to that. And there are many mechanisms that it doesn't get that way. And I guess you you know you can use mediation, arbitration, etc. But what's your best advice on how to avoid these types of very very um, visceral disputes between two parties that are going through separation and divorce? Well, you you really. And especially with uh, kids, the court process is not the best process. It is an adversarial process. It is emotional draining. It is two people attacking each other. It's, it, it does escalate the conflict often, be, at least escalates before it diminishes it. And it's not easy on the children because the children pick up on the, you know, when the parents come home that they're angry or upset or they're frustrated or they hear you know, through the walls or whatever, what the other parent has said, and it's, and it can be very upsetting, and, you know, the parents are clearly not getting along. You know, there are a lot of alternatives to going to court, and you've, you've hit some of them. There's mediation, and there's uh, arbitration, and there's, you know, collaborative practice, or there's just going down and sitting, if you're planning on separating from your spouse or the other parent, going and sitting down with a, a, an expert on parenting to figure out how to best parent the children after uh, a separation. And you can very often work out the, the you know parenting schedules and things regarding the children because really when it mostly comes down to a question in most cases of, of logistics and who can do what and who's best at doing this and who's most available and at, at certain times and how, and, and you know, the, there is a it is beneficial for both parents to be as involved in the children as possible with the both children be involved with both parents as much as possible so they're you know sitting down with someone to work out the best way to do that can often work out all of this without having you know resort to courts you only get to in, need to go to courts when you've got a parent who's being you know unreasonable or or has got mental health issues or drug addiction or is violent and those sorts of um, you know, really dire situations, which it appears is now what's happening in this case. And now you do need a court because you need a court order to make sure these kids are safe. How do judges begin to arbitrate? How do they begin to decide who, who gets what in a, in a situation like this? Well, the, the principle, I guess, across Canada is that the is what is in the best interest of the child? What what order is in the best interest of the child? So which which custody order is in the best interest of the child? What best parenting time interest parenting time is in the best interest of the child? So it really factors on things like you know who is the does the child have a close relationship with both parents? Is either one are both parents equally competent? Is are there one parent who's better at some things than uh, than others? Is there um, is does the child have any special needs that need to be accommodated? That you know one parent or 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 both are are best at uh, dealing with, and so it's a is there a big factor that comes into play and can, can often be the biggest factor for some judges is the ability of each parent to support the children's relationship with the other parent, which is why, you know, running off is a terrible thing to do because when you have this one parent who is not supportive of the other, other children having a relationship with the other parent, you get judges really upset because it is, except in very, you know, limited situations where, you know, you're involved with children being apprehended for child protection reasons. It is in the children's best interest to have a relationship with both parents, even if one of the parents is not the best parent. You know, the child at some point will figure that out. 
but they need to know where they've come from and what their parents are and form a sense of identity that way. So if a parent can't recognize that the other parent has something to offer the children, you know, judges view parents who have that sort of limited view as not being good parents and not being able to cooperate with the other parent, not being able to support the other parent is generally viewed as bad parenting and something the judges would say is a reason why a parent should not have custody of a children. Uh, a parent who can support both parents' relationships with or both children's or sorry, children's relations with both parents is the better parent. What is it about our system across this country that allows delay, delay, delay? That in some cases we hear about two, three, five years is there not a clock that we can have an expiry date on this that ultimately judges have to make a decision and move on? Because often with these types of cases, one of the litigants just decides to to tie this up in resources and in dollars, just trying to bleed the other party out dry of money. Yeah, there, there, um, when you're dealing with kids' cases, I mean, if if you remember, you know, when you were a kid, and and now that summer, like summer, seemed to last forever because ten weeks went, you know, seemed like an endless amount of time, and now summer goes like the blink of an eye when you're an adult, and that's the way it is for kids with everything. So if a, if their parents are in a custody battle for even a year, that is like a time that seems like forever for a child. It's a large portion of their life, and so it is important to get these things resolved quickly. And judges are sensitive, sensitive to that. Um, and generally, custody cases do get a priority in the uh, court system. They fall after other priorities, such as you know, child protection cases and criminal cases. But you know, they get some priority, and there is a bit of a an effort to move them forward and. After a while, for judges to say this has been going on too long, you guys just need to have your trial and get it done. On the flip side, there's sometimes when you're involved in these cases, you know that the parents are such people they're going to fight forever, no matter what happens, and the trial is not going to end it. And there's lots of cases where, where unfortunately, you know, even if you have a trial and a decision, one parent and the parents just keep fighting over everything they can, and it doesn't end it. And that's the you know a very unfortunate situation when we I guess you, you sort of need the court to can continually go back in and weigh in. But, you know, that's, um, if you want to be a, a person who is dragging out custody cases, you can try. And at some point, you know, judges give you a, a, a you know, like a, maybe three strikes or four strikes before they say, okay, that's enough. We need to get this case finished. And hopefully the judge pushes it on to trial. John Shulman joining us here on 680 CJOB, a child and family lawyer. You can read his blog at www.schumanlaw.ca. Richard Cloutier reports on 680 CJOB.